We're glad again that you're here with us. Man, what a celebration. And as I think about what it is that we saw, reminded of the power of belonging and be a part of something. Isn't it beautiful to be reminded as we see people take the step of baptism that we are in community with one another, that we have a right standing and relationship through the finished work of Jesus and, and we join him in what it is that he has created each and every one of us for, but also that there's power power in sharing our lives together, to know that the joyous moments like baptism, you know, and, and, and the joyful times and experiences that we have in those types of ways, as well as the heavy, hard things. I was thinking about even what Bob shared about losing his father a little over a year ago. I, re I remember our community coming around him in that time and him coming around others who had recently lost a parent as well. But there's power when we are a part of something like that to see that we are identified as followers of Jesus, that we belong to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We're in communion with them. They're in communion with us. And the power of experiencing life together is such a gift when we understand, understand that we were created and designed that way. We were created to have relationships. We were created for relationship with God and relationship with one another as well. And so it's just an important reminder, even as we think about where we're going to be this morning, as we continue in the series, Love Has Won, as we look at this idea of what Jesus has come to give us and what it is that is found and what he would do and what he said leading up to his death, burial, and resurrection. And we've been journeying specifically right now in, in John 13, and we're making our way through that all the way to the end here in the Gospel of John, and we're in John 15, and in John 16, but we're hearing just Jesus express his last words, his commencement, the legacy of love that he desires for each and every one of us to grab a hold of in our lives and for us to experience as well. And so there's power in belonging, right? There's power in having community. There's power in sharing the joys and the sorrows with others. There's, there's power in creating memories. But there's also a different type of power when we don't have it, when we've been excluded. And so I want you to think with me for a moment. Have you ever been excluded? Have you ever been excluded in your life? People that once you were close with, all of a sudden you're not close with for whatever reason. And the more intimate the relationship, the harder this is. And I'm thinking specifically people that you've done a lot of life with, as well as family members when you start to feel excluded, when you're no longer reached out to, or when you reach out, they don't respond, or when all of a sudden, you know, you're trying to send a, an email, a text, a phone call, you call, you know, and you get nothing back. And, and, you know, there are these things that are happening, but you're not invited in to them. And so I want you to think with me, have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt excluded? And if you've ever felt excluded, what are some of the, the type of emotions that come with that? And I want to invite you to just speak here. What do, you, what do you feel when that happens, when you're excluded? Heartache, sadness, disappointment, anger, confusion, sh shame, frustration, isolation. This sense of being disoriented, right? You thought it was one way, all of a sudden it's not. 
and you're trying to make sense of it. You're like, oh, I don't understand what to do with that. And you know, in our lives, we, we experience that. We experience both the power of belonging and also the power of being excluded. And a couple of weeks ago, before Mother's Day, we talked about how Jesus desires a friendship with us. And you guys remember those notes you would write in grade school, right? Uh, like when you would ask a person out, like, will you go out with me? Y yes, maybe, no. And I, I really believe Jesus does this to us. Jesus wants to be friends with you. Will you be his? And he's asking you this question. And, and I'm reminded, even this morning, I, I was, my, my son gets up really early, as you have heard me testify to. And one of the perks of that, one of the perks of that is that we often get a head start on things that other people, normal people, however you want to look at that, aren't doing. So before I got here this morning, I, Ray was like, I really would like to go to breakfast with you at McDonald's. And so he's got this favorite McDonald's, the McDonald's on, in Cedar Crest Boulevard, great playland, great experience. So I'm, I'm in there with Ray. And again, this is before most people are making their way there. And there's another family there, another dad's there with, with his children. His name's Adam. And so Adam and I start talking. You know, we're talking about all kinds of things. Come to find out that his children and, and Ray go to the same school. And so we were in this conversation, and it got on to the idea of, like, where do you work at? What do you do? And he was in welding, so he's telling me about that experience. He says, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm a pastor. And he's, he gave me a look, like, hmm, okay. You know, I, you know, like, not sure how to, like, proceed, you know, like, kind of one of those things. So I just said, yeah, and, and at our church, at our church, we're really about Jesus and what he's come to do for all people, that through his life, death, burial, and resurrection— we can have a right relationship with God and to have the forgiveness of sin and to experience the purposes which we were created for. Adam, what do you think about Jesus? And what do you think about that? And Adam said, you know, I grew up in the church. You know, I was uh, brought up in, in a certain tradition. My ex-wife was Catholic and I'm trying to figure out where I am right now. And I just asked him, like, what do you think about Jesus? Where are you with Jesus? And he said, to be honest, I, I don't know what I think of Jesus right now. I'm not, I'm not feeling really close to him right now. And I said, can I ask you why? And I said, this is not an accusatory why. It's a curious why. Like, just why for you would you say that? And his answer surprised me, but it didn't in some ways, because I think it reminds us all of what it is that we talked about before we jumped in to this question here. And it was this, I've made too many stupid decisions in my life. I've made too many stupid decisions in my life. There's not a possible way that Jesus could meet me in this. And I just said, Adam, I want you to know, from one person to another who's made stupid decisions, because I've made my share as well, you're never too far gone from the love and grace of Jesus. And I said, would you just prayerfully consider who this Jesus is. And I gave him my number because he wasn't ready to exchange numbers. So I was like, all right, hey, that's cool. Here's my number. You call me anytime. And you text me with questions or if you just want to talk, I'm here. But here's the deal. There's people like Adam even in this room right now this morning. People that they're not sure what to do with Jesus and where they are with him for a variety of reasons. But I want you to know, 
I want you to know you're not too far gone from his love and from his grace and truth, but also that he's inviting us in to a friendship and a relationship with him, which leads us to where we've been in John's gospel. And so what I'm going to do is we're going to get to the the first part of John 16. I'm going to review with you John 15, and I'm just going to read this. And then when we get to John 16, we'll break this apart. But I want us to see how this thought carries through leading up to John 16. That's the reason we're doing that, okay? So John 15, starting in verse 9, it says this, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in in his love. I have told you this so that, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be what? What's the word here? That your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have what? As I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And Jesus would do this ultimately through his sacrifice, but he did this all along the way, laying down his life for his disciples, serving them, loving them, blessing them. And then he goes on to say this, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will what? What's the word here? A fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. What's the command? love each other. This is the command. And then it goes on. It says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you too as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will what? Also, if they obeyed my teaching, they will what? Also, right. And they will treat you this way because of your name? Because you're a jerk for Jesus? Because you're, you get easily annoyed, offended, whatever? No, no, no. Because of whose name? right? They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who has sent me. And it goes on to say this, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no, what's the word here? No excuses for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works that the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen and yet they have hated both me and my father. 
but this is to fulfill what is written in the law. Let's read this out loud together on three. One, two, three. They hated me without reason. They hated me without reason. And he goes on to say this. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you, must, and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. And again, the, the idea of testifying is one who has been so ingrained in an experience, they can't help but share it. You know, I was reminded of that today. Drew Dolan finally took me up on trying True Blue. And you guys have heard me talk about the cauliflower from True Blue. And he said to me, he said, you know, you know, whenever someone sets the expectation that high, you're like wondering, is it going to disappoint? You know, or is it going to measure up? Or he said, it was, it was that good, what you said. It was good. You know, it was, he said, so much so that I wish I hadn't ordered any other food beyond that. Like, I, that was so good. But how did he know it was good? Because I started by testifying. You can't help but share those experiences, right? And you guys have heard me talk about Trubel a lot. But the power here for us to testify is the advocate, the spirit of truth, the one who leads us in the truth, but reveals to us what is true and what is not true. Even when we think we are walking in the truth, there are times that we are self-deceived. And I often pray, spirit of truth, show me the truth. I want to walk in the truth. I want to know you. I want to be in step with you. Well, it goes on to say this, and this gets us to John 16. And this is where we're landing today. He says, I have told you these things so that you won't abandon your what? So you won't abandon your faith. For you will be expelled from the synagogues. And the time is coming when those who kill you will think they are doing a what? A holy service for God. This is because they have never known the Father or me. Yes, I'm telling you these things now so that when they happen, you will remember my warning. I didn't tell you them earlier because I was going to be with you for a little bit longer. Let's pray together. Father, right now, we know these truths were given for our benefit and the benefit of others, and yet they're hard truths. There aren't things like this that are often put on signs uh, that we have around our home. But these are important words for us to heed and to listen to. And so advocate, spirit of truth, would you show us how we live as your friends, even when we feel excluded, even when we feel not only misunderstood, but rejected and called all kinds of things, Lord. I pray that we would take hope and what it is you, Jesus, have come to do, and what it is that you've said of us, and what it is you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we read this, there's a couple of things that happen that I think are really key. So he says, first of all, I have told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. And you know, I think all of us, if we're honest, there's a time that maybe we've considered abandoning our faith. And maybe you're here today, and you say, you know, I'm here at the invitation of a friend. I'm here. I'm, I'm on the, the journey coming back maybe to Jesus. 
Maybe for, for you, you're like, I don't even know if I've even begun a walk or relationship with Jesus at all. But wherever you are, I want you to know there's a temptation at points in life <clears throat> to abandon the faith. And the temptation often comes, as Jesus talks about here, when we experience pain and experiences in life that don't make sense to what our expectation was. And really when we're standing with Jesus and others start to come against the stand that we're taking. And when we say we're taking a stand with Jesus, we're talking about the Jesus way, full of grace and full of truth. Not our way, not our version of Jesus, not the culture at large's version of Jesus, not the Christian subculture's version of Jesus, because the Christian subculture has its own version of Jesus, but may not have the full picture of Jesus. But when we're experiencing that, and when we're trying to make sense of life, even my friend Adam today, we were talking about life, and, and he just said, you know, as we were talking about pain points and brokenness, you know, it's, it's hard to think that there's a God who's trustworthy when situations or circumstances come that way in our lives. It's hard to believe that. It's hard to believe that I can let him lead me and guide my life, that somehow he's for me, because it doesn't really feel like anybody's for me, but maybe that everybody's out to get me, right? There's that sense that we feel. And so why would I trust God? <laughs> why would I trust him? And in the midst of that, I think it's important that we understand his heart and his intention towards us and for us. And, and really, we see this really clearly spelled out in what Jesus says when he talks about friendship with him, how we're invited into this. But a lot of us, the reason why we are considering abandoning our faith is because of fear of rejection. If we're really honest, if we could boil it down, bad experiences is one thing, but we're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of what others are going to do and say and think of us. We're afraid of being excluded. Not because, again, we're a jerk for Jesus. That's not what this is talking about. But we're walking in the Jesus way. And because we're swimming against what's normative, oftentimes people are going to misunderstand where it is that we land at. And for them in particular, when it talks about this idea, for you will be expelled from the synagogues and the time is coming when those who kill you will think they are doing a holy service for, for God. This actually happened. And even in John's gospel, John, John 9, what we see happen here is there's a blind man who was healed and his parents were brought before the religious leaders and they're saying, hey, tell us who healed your son and speak up on his behalf so that we can understand it. And they didn't speak up on his behalf. And the reason why is because they were afraid if they mentioned the name of Jesus, as the religious leaders had said, that they would be expelled from the synagogue. This is a place not only where they would worship, but it's a place of community and relationship. And that they would be afraid of being, they were afraid of being expelled. And Jesus is saying, hey, there's gonna be a time that this is coming. There's a time when the apostle Paul was thinking he was doing a holy service for God, right? We, we see this in the book of Acts, right? We see him killing believers, signing off on the deaths of other followers of Christ. This actually happened. And I'm reminded even in the midst of pain and suffering and difficulty, uh, over the weekend, Tim Keller uh, passed away, Pastor Tim Keller. Um, Pastor Tim Keller is actually from this area. He went to Deerf High School. Um, and, and graduated from there. He's on the wall of honor. 
But one of the things that you can't get away when you listen to him preach and uh, look at his writings, he talked about how in the midst of suffering, in the midst of pain, in the midst of death, those are real and those are very challenging for us. But because Jesus isn't in the tomb, but is resurrected and ascended into heaven, both sin and death have been defeated. And that even in our pain and even in our problems and even in our circumstances, that there's a purpose that is even greater and that there's a hope that is ours. That sin and death can't take from us what Jesus has already defeated on our behalf. And this is such good news for us because it gives us perspective. Because many of us, we're not worried about maybe being expelled from the synagogue, but maybe we're afraid of being expelled from our workplace. Maybe you're afraid of being expelled from friendships. Maybe you're afraid of being expelled even from family. Maybe for you, uh, the thing isn't necessarily death, because brothers and sisters around the world are dying for what we just did, which is open the word of God, proclaim Christ crucified, buried and raised from the dead. People baptized. Man, they're dying, literally, physically. They're losing their lives for doing that. And it'd be easy for me to say, we need to just toughen up. (laughs) And maybe that's true to a degree, but there's a reality in our context that more than that, I think we need to get a perspective that Jesus is worth it, that he is worthy of our lives, and that in the midst of that pain and suffering and difficulty, he's going to walk with us and stand with us in the midst of this. And so I want you to think about this in your own life because I I think there is some fear of rejection maybe in our midst right now. You're afraid of being misunderstood. You're afraid of being accused. You're afraid of being misunderstood. And those are real things. But I want you to know that the power of the advocate, the spirit of the truth, will lead you even in those times. Because Jesus made it clear, this is because they have never known the Father or me. I'm telling you these things now so that you're aware of what's coming and what's happening. So you won't be confused. So as we think about that, I want to give you a couple things here. First is this. Jesus doesn't want us to be surprised when we suffer because we are standing with him. He doesn't want us to be surprised. He doesn't want us to be shocked that when we stand with grace and truth, and believe you me, I've experienced on both sides, the culture at large and the Christian subculture. I've experienced that on both sides. In fact, I had a a conversation with a family from our church who's experienced that as well. And you're like, man, you're you're choosing another way, a kingdom way that the culture at large can't hold on to and the Christian subculture can't hold on to. It's a different way of life that Christ has for us. But Jesus, again, doesn't want us to be surprised when we suffer because we are standing with him. The, The next part of this is do you believe as you stand with Jesus while suffering, he stands with you in the suffering. I want you to think with me for a minute. Not just that you have this idea in your mind or say, you know, I have this theological proposition about him standing with me, but do you actually think that when you're standing with Jesus and you're suffering, that he is standing with you in the midst of that suffering? Do you you believe that? Do you believe he's near to you in those moments. 
And whatever the suffering is, specifically it's talking about people coming against us when we stand with Jesus, but you may be having a different type of suffering. You may have a medical condition right now that is painful and difficult. That may be the suffering that you're having right now. Maybe there's a, a whole other category of suffering that you're going through right now. And you're, as you're working through that and as you're experiencing that, you need to know that he stands with you in that. That he deeply cares for you. That he is near to you. Whatever that may be that you're facing and you're experiencing. Again, do you believe as you stand with Jesus while suffering, he stands with you in the suffering? And a couple of weeks ago, it was May 4th. And May 4th, uh, this, this uh, meme was, was posted. It says, may the 4th be with you. And it's a picture of Jesus standing in the fire as Daniel and his friends refused to bow down. Refused to bow down. And it's funny, but it's true because do you believe in when the fire of life is going on, that the 4th one, Jesus, is standing with you in the suffering? You know, one of the things you can't get away from when you watch Tim Keller in his own life and leadership, even as he was suffering, he believed this to be true. He believed that Jesus was standing with him to the very, very end, to the point that he couldn't wait to be face-to-face with Jesus. There's a great reward on the other side of pain and suffering. That we don't get to the resurrection without the death and the burial but there's a resurrection that's coming. There's a new day coming for us. And we're a, coming, we're a preview of that coming day, but we don't want to miss that he's standing with you. So whatever it is you're facing, do you believe he's standing with you in it? May the 4th be with you, right? It's a whole other way to look at May 4th. But as I thought about that, I was like, man, isn't that true for us? We need to be reminded as we refuse to bow down to whatever cultural or Christian subculture way of thinking that's outside of the Jesus way, that he meets us in that. He stands with us in it. But the other part of this is that the advocate empowers us not to abandon our faith. We hear that the spirit of truth, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, he's called counselor, he's called guide, he's called uh, the comforter, he's called all kinds of things in John's gospel, specifically in John 13 through 17. But I, I want you to know it's the advocate that empowers us not to abandon our faith to stay with Jesus. So this is why it's important, as you've heard me say before, Holy Spirit, fill me afresh and anew today. I want to stay in step with you, Holy Spirit. I want to be so available and attuned to what it is you're doing, where I'm off base. I want to experience you and the fullness of life that you have for me. I want to allow for interruptions in the McDonald's Playland area at whatever time in the morning it was, because I've already given you permission to do so. Yeah, there are other things I could do. There were other things I was going to do. And that doesn't mean I do that perfectly, but he empowers us, he activates us to live out what it is that Jesus talks about. I don't want you to miss this. We need the Holy Spirit's work in us, through us, in order to step into what he's doing around us. And so the other part of this is the following. What tempts you to abandon your faith? And I want you to be thinking about that. I think we're at a a time in our culture where we have a unique opportunity because many people are walking away. And the statistics could be so discouraging and alarming and could make you want to even 
think there's no hope. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I believe we have an opportunity to see God work in profound and ways that we haven't in years past. Because I do believe now people are coming to the point where they start to look at Jesus face to face. And we have an opportunity to be his hands and feet and to display this Jesus that they may not know about. Because some people would say, yeah, I know about Jesus. But it may be the Jesus that somebody told them about, but not be the full picture of Jesus. And we have an opportunity to show them and to tell them about Jesus. But what's tempting you to abandon your faith? What's tempting you? I want you to come to Jesus with that and to let others in on what it is that you're facing and experiencing. Because as you do that, it allows you not to carry it alone. Because yes, Jesus stands with us, absolutely. Yes, we have an advocate. But as we said early on, we need a community to carry that with us as well. So again, we started off with this. Jesus wants to be friends with you. Will you be his? Yes, maybe, no. Where are you with Jesus? And I want you to be thinking about that because we want to help each and every person to enter into a deep abiding friendship with Jesus where they see Jesus for who he truly is. And we have such an opportunity for us to experience that as a church, but also to help those around us to do so as well. And so I want to invite at this time Sam Shorzy to come up. And as she's going to make her way up, I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to give a chance to respond. Father, right now, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for what it is that you're doing and, and that you're working in and how it is that you're ministering in our midst. And so, Lord, right now, we just pray, Jesus, that you would help us to stand with you. Lord, I pray that we would understand that you stand with us in the suffering. I pray that we would experience you as you truly are, the advocate, Holy Spirit. We need you. And Lord, I pray for us as we are considering uh, rejection, experiencing being misunderstood, called all kinds of things, that Lord, we would believe that you're a God who even uses those times to refine us into your character and likeness to receive and to walk in the sufferings of Christ for your sake, while painful, isn't without significance to the work that you want to do in us and through us and around us. So Lord, I just pray for any person here who's suffering, experiencing pain. I pray your peace that passes understanding would be theirs, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We're so grateful for how you're at work in our midst. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm going to invite Sam to come up. And she, as she comes up, we're going to give you a couple ways to respond. First is if you've made any decision, we would love to follow up with you. So you can text this in and just text that number and let us know that. The other thing is we want to invite you to join us through giving as well. So we want to invite those who are receiving the offering to go ahead and start to pass the offering baskets as they do. I want you to know your generosity enables us to be a part of what God has called us to do. In fact, we had a training here on Saturday that was amazing. And it was, it's a reminder of your generosity that allows us to do that, to help people to take their next step as becoming a multiplier in Christ Jesus, as well as helping to impact and minister to people as needs arise in our community. So I want to invite you to give as God leads you to do that. You can text it in, you can use the app, you can mail it in, you can go online or also the offering 
basket as well. And then the other part of this, because you're giving, is as a result of what you give, we are then able uh, to serve our church and also our community. And we have an opportunity coming up uh, for VBS. So I want you to take a look at this video here. As you can see, we have a really fun week coming up. Our VBS is going to be July 10th through the 14th from 9 a.m. to noon, and it's for kids ages three through completing fifth grade. And if you have a child that you think may be interested, a neighbor, grandkid, niece, nephew, you can take one of these cards that are in the hall. They're at a green table right outside the door here. And it gives you our website where you can register a child, and it also gives you a QR code that'll just take you straight to the website and we'll give you any information. But I also wanted to ask if you would partner with us. The first and most important way is through prayer. We want every single kid in that entire week to just be covered in prayer. So in the hallway on that table, there's a poster board and it has all these objects on them. And then on the back of them, there's prayers. So if you wanna take one of them off of the wall, there's specific prayers on there, or you'll see some say boy or girl and they have initials. And the initials are kids that are already signed up for VBS. And we just wanna be praying for their hearts to be softened, for these kids to learn these truths and to impact our community. Um, it's, it's just such a neat week. I remember it ended last week and I was exhausted, but I was like, this is what matters. Like God is clearly, like we can see how he's working in the hearts of these kids. And this is what matters and he is moving and I wanna be a part of it. And so I also wanna invite you, I understand not everyone is available nine to 12 Monday through Friday. Um, if you are, we would love to have you as a part of our team. There's so many different things you could do. There's games, Bible lessons, crafts, even our snacks. They all point back to the truths that we're learning each day. You could be a classroom teacher, a classroom helper. We have our hype man right here that could Come always on use Come on some help. Let's so, go. Um, I'm ready. It's a really fun week, and I would love to ask you to be a part of it. So if you're available, you can sign up again. This link will get you there. Also, we need help before and after VBS. So we have to completely transform this space July 9th. And we'll do as much as we can ahead of time, but all these chairs have to be out. There's gonna be stuff on the floor, all the things. So on this link, you can also sign up just to let me know that you're available. You don't need your clearances for that, but we'll need help July 9th right after church. And then we'll need help Saturday the 15th to get it all back. Um, so go ahead, grab one of these cards, grab a prayer. They're out in the hall and Alyssa will be there to answer any questions. Hey, before Sam sits down and puts the mic back, I just want to tell you guys, Sam is doing an incredible work, and what a great teammate she has been in addition, and I am so thankful for her leadership, 
in our midst and in our ministry. Um, she's been a, such a gift to us. And so I, she doesn't like when I do this type of stuff, but that's why I didn't tell her I was going to do it. Um, but I, I just really appreciate the good and important work that she's doing. So I wanted to pray for Sam, and I specifically want to pray for VBS as we think about what's coming up. And even in our spring and summer, God has got some awesome things planned for our church. It's really exciting to think about all that he's doing. But we want to be so attuned, like we said, the advocate, right? We want the advocate to be the one that empowers and leads and fills. So let's pray. Father, thank you for my dear sister, my co-laborer in the gospel of Christ, our friend, Sam. Lord, I just pray right now, even a blessing upon her and her family. And I pray that she would sense in a great way your love, your leadership, and your guidance over everything that she's leading. And I just thank you, Father, um, just how you've used her and continue to use her. I pray right now for all the teams that she works with. I pray for our foundations teams. We're so thankful for them, Lord, and the work that they're doing, impressions, greeting, Lord. And now VBS, Father, I just pray right now, Jesus, uh, that you would bring the right team around and Lord, that you would continue to provide and make a way. So Lord, we thank you for your love, your leadership, your guidance. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.